Yeah, you should know by now I'm not playing it. Hey everyone, this is 30 Day Trek. I'm your host, Lucanon, and in this episode, we are covering the Season 2 episode of Enterprise, Stigma. This is the one where, after the cold open of Dr. Phlox informing to Paul that her Pinar syndrome is worsening, Dr. Phlox attends the Interspecies Medical Exchange Conference in hopes to find out more information about the disease. Under the guise of asking for a fellow Denobulan colleague about a similar disease, Dr. Phlox meets with three Vulcan doctors. We find out that the disease is carried among the minority of Vulcans who are able to do mind melds, which is considered abhorrent behavior. Suspicious of Dr. Phlox's request, the three Vulcan doctors come on board the Enterprise, and after surreptitiously taking to Paul's DNA, confirm that she does in fact have Pinar Syndrome. They then threaten to inform the Vulcan High Command of this and have her recalled. Knowing that she contracted the disease via non-consensual mind meld in the Season 1 episode Fusion, Archer defends to Paul, even though she refuses to do so, as to not perpetuate the stigma of those who do mind melds as deviants. If you just heard that and thought to yourself, wow, that sounds a lot like the AIDS crisis, you'd be correct. In 2003, Viacom was part of an HIV awareness campaign. Not only were there $120 million spent in PSAs on it, but 10 series that were being produced by Viacom across their various networks did episodes that touched on AIDS and HIV. And this episode was a Star Trek Enterprise's contribution to that. To quote Rick Berman, They didn't actually say that they'd like us to come up with a storyline. They invited us to a presentation that they had, which was quite impressive, that they asked all the producers on the lot to attend, which Brennan and I did. This episode depicts the Vulcan physicians as unwilling to supply research, medicine, or preventative efforts in order to stop the spread of this disease simply because they don't condone the behavior of this Vulcan subset. Many in today's society believe that it is this kind of intolerance and ignorance that allows the HIV-AIDS epidemic to spread. In this case, the people are genetically capable of performing mind melts. This is all something that would be different in the age of Kirk or Picard, but in our century there is definitely a stigma against people who go against normal mores and policies and attempt this very emotional and intimate act of mind meld. And while some have criticized the episode for being too vague with its take on prejudice based on sexual orientation and coming from a franchise that had a spotty record when it came to queer representation, I feel that this is one of the stronger episodes of Enterprise's second season for not only tackling the stigma of HIV and AIDS, but also the surrounding thorny issues of consent, doctor-patient confidentiality, and trauma response. The fact that she has Panar syndrome is not the reason she's being recalled. No. It has to do with how she got infected. A mind meld. Over a year ago. When it took place is not pertinent. So what you're saying is that if a Vulcan, even an officer in the science directorate, engages in this exchange of thoughts and memories, they're condemned for it? As you've been told, Captain, mind melds are practiced by a subculture. Vulcans who have elected to conduct themselves in an unacceptable manner. They haven't elected to do anything. They're born with this ability. Exactly. They're genetic aberrations who prey on people like you. People foolish enough to experiment with abhorrent behavior. You humans are too volatile, too irrational, too narrow-minded. That's what I heard for years from every Vulcan I met. But we don't hold a candle to you when it comes to narrow-minded. We got rid of bigotry nearly a century ago. We're not afraid of diversity. We don't persecute it, we embrace it. If you call yourselves enlightened, 
You have to accept people who are different than you are. This is pointless. Our culture is governed by rules. We're not about to ignore them. There are no rules telling you to oppress minorities. You'd rather let them spread their infections. That's exactly why you're being recalled. No, I'm being recalled because you're afraid of anything that doesn't conform to your idea of acceptable behavior. Unfortunately, you don't know what you're talking about. The decision's been made. We should end this inquiry. She knows exactly what she's talking about. Are you questioning our judgment? There is nothing abhorrent about the way we lead our lives. We? There is no simple definition of intimacy. Those of us capable of mind melts are no different than you are. You realize that you're jeopardizing your reputation, your career. We share our thoughts differently. We shouldn't be punished for that. The High Command will determine whether you should be punished. Both of you. She's not guilty of anything. She was violated. You gave me your word. The mind meld was performed against her will. Can you verify this? Why? So you can perpetuate your double standard? Condemn the infected when they meld by choice and sympathize with them when they don't? What do you know of this, Captain? Seems my science officer doesn't want to discuss it. That's good enough for me. She told me herself. She made me promise to stay silent. I'm sorry. I had to tell them the truth. You should do the same. I have nothing to say to them. The episode also had a B-plot of Dr. Phlox reuniting with Fiesel, his second wife, who he hasn't seen in four years. She's on board to bring a neutron microscope onto the ship and starts flirting with Trip as they install it. Flustered by her advances, Trip wonders whether or not to tell Phlox about it, since while Denobulians are a polyamorous race, where each man has three wives, each woman has three husbands, and marriages are open, Phlox can't have a bad temper. This plotline is basically Star Trek doing a romantic comedy in the style of Ernst Lubitsch, with trip caught in the middle. And while the plot may sound incongruous with the more serious A-plot of the episode, I was actually laughing at seeing Trip squirm and be the straight man. Malcolm said this was a bad idea, but I I think it's the right thing to do. What's that? Fiesel? I mean, Mrs. Phlox is a lovely woman. And, and she's very smart. She knows more about quantum optics than anyone I've ever met. She is remarkable. Remarkable. Yeah, she sure is. Was there something else? Yeah, there is. You gotta understand, I've been a perfect gentleman. Absolutely nothing's happened. She's trying to... She's, she's, um, making advances, if you know what I mean. Sexual advances? I'm afraid so. Has she offered to give you a rose petal bath? No, 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 nothing like that. Oh, any man would be a fool to ignore the romantic overtures of a healthy, denobulan woman. <sighs> Don't you find her attractive? Oh, sure. I mean, no, she's your wife. What does that have to do with it? She's your wife? Oh, nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> You're too concerned with human morality. I thought you wanted to learn about uh, new cultures. Isn't that why you joined Starfleet? Why, well, of course it is. 
But I was brought up believing you don't play around with another man's wife. I don't think I'm ever going to change my mind about that. As you wish. Your laws. I think it works due to John Billingsley's characterization of Fox, as well as guest star Melinda Page Hamilton as Fiesel. This was her first guest star role, and she would go on to guest star on Desperate Housewives, Big Love, and then most notably on Mad Men as Anne Draper, the wife of the real Don Draper, whom Dick Whitman took his name from. She also played the lead role in Stay, aka Sleeping Dogs Lie, the Bobcat Goldthwait film that has the grossest implied opening of any romantic comedy ever made. It's definitely a good movie, but I'm hesitant to recommend it due to its very taboo conceit. As for the rest of the episode, it was directed by David Livingston, who once again knocks it out of the park directing-wise. I especially like the overhead shots of the Enterprise in orbit, as well as the circular tracking shots throughout the episode. All in all, this was one of the better episodes of the second season that showed that the series was getting on track with both the exploration of its themes and its characters. Join me tomorrow for our third Enterprise episode, where we see that the show had the right stuff. Live long and prosper, and also live well.